we, we may tag team, me and Paul may tag team this a little bit, and you're, he's got something that I really feel like is from the Lord, and I do too, but we're just going to talk a little bit this morning. I just wanted to kind of shotgun some stuff because have you ever been in services like where something major happened in, a, in, a, in the country or something major, and then they come in and they do church as normal, and it just seemed a little bit like, aren't you going to address what's going on at all? And I, and I, and it's like, I don't want to ever be, I, that's not, I want to follow the Lord, obviously, and I want to do whatever the Lord's say and do, but I just don't, I just, let's be real, man. There's, there's, there's stuff going on in the country and let's talk about it. This, you know, I don't believe in that, that you have to hold God into a little box and you don't let the God into politics. That's bull. God's in everything. I didn't add God to my life. He became my life. And everywhere I go, he goes, and that includes politics. But, and all politics is is caring about the welfare of your country. And the Bible says, you know, he told the, the Israelites that they were to pray for Babylon and its welfare because in its welfare, their welfare would be taken care of. So we have a responsibility to pray for the land that we're in. And I just, how many people are a little tor- in turmoil this morning? I'm just be honest. Come on. If you're, if you're kind of, Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I got good news. That's not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary. And I'm going to tell you why it's not necessary. It is in God's hands, but it's in our hands too. And the reason I say that, it is in God's hands. Absolutely. God's hands move when we move. You know, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. We have authority. What we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I just want to tell you right now, if you're watching media sources, you are absolutely being lied to, and you need to cut it off. Don't even turn it on. And even Fox News. Fox News has shown itself to be the, a corrupt bandit. I mean, they, they were heading that way anyway. They were taken over by liberals. These guys are smart. They're not idiots. They buy out the media because if they can control the media, they can control the narrative, and it's an information warfare, and that's what this is what we're going through right now. Um, every, I'm not going to get into all the fraud too much because I, I, I want to address some other things, but there's fraud going on like never before in this country. Anybody that's got eyes to see can see that. The only people that don't want to see that are the people that were voting for Biden. And and, you know, and I mean, because they don't want to see it. You can have your opinion. I'm saying that what I see and I, it's what I believe, and I think the majority of you agree with me. Listen, here's what we got to do. We need to be well-informed, and we need to be people that are prepared to spiritually fight, okay? This is a spiritual battle, more, even more than physical. It's not over. Listen, the media, the corrupt media, they declared Al Gore the next president in 2000. How did that turn out? See, the media is corrupt. They have no power to declare. All they're doing is they're saying, well, we think this person's going to win. But until the, the, the votes are certified and turned in to the federal election board, nothing's finalized. And this is going to go to the Supreme Court, and Donald Trump will be the next president. Yes. He absolutely will be. We have a responsibility, though, to pray. And, you know, it's important because God has spoken. You know, I'm not sure, tr- you know, if God hadn't spoken, 
then then you know maybe if this was just a regular election and and it was and, and it was just a, a few policy differences then what's the big deal but it's not this is the, there's so much at stake over this religious freedom is absolutely at stake if 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 we have that those people go into office then what will happen is all your religious freedom will be gone we have already seen that through this pandemic they tried to shut california churches down Okay, that, that is what will happen. Now, China's been living under that for a long time, and so can we, if that's what ends up happening. You know, God's not shaking. The kingdom's not, is here. China's been dealing with this for a long time. I don't want that, and I don't believe God wants that. You know, we have been a light and a freedom to the world, and I, I think God still has that on his mind. But let me just tell you some prophetic stuff that I've been feeling like the Lord's been suggesting. First of all, I just want to remind us of uh, an encounter I had, an experience I had. We should be sober right now because we are in a sober time, but we should not be heavy-hearted. Okay, we're not meant to carry burdens. God doesn't want us to carry burdens. Let me look over here. Where do I start? Well, first of all, let me say this. I feel like we're in this place. You remember when you know, God released the children of Israel from Israel. I mean, from Egypt. They came out. And when they came out of Egypt, they were taken out of the land and, and the Lord brought them to the Red Sea. Right? Y'all remember that? Okay, so this is Exodus 14. They had, God had just delivered them by a mighty hand and brought them out to the Red Sea. Felt like the Lord gave me this this morning. When they were brought to the Red Sea, they were pinned in. And God said that he wouldn't, the Lord said he wasn't taking them the other way around. Basically, he was tricking them because he knew if he saw, when they saw the Egyptian army, they would run. He pinned them in where they couldn't run. And I think we're pinned in right now where we can't run. And it's on purpose. God's testing our hearts and he's about to show himself strong to us. We're pinned in. But here's what I believe God's about to do. He's about, do you remember what it says about the Egyptians? He said, this Egyptian army you will never see again. You would never see them again. So what he did was he trapped them, and then where they can't run, and they have to fight, and then what happened? You know, they had to be freaking out. Because these were, these were very carnal people. You know, so are we. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but the church is too. I mean, I'm hearing some of the stuff going on. Oh, my God. Oh, come on, people. Come on. Grow a backbone. Come on. It's time to grow a backbone. But uh, there's a lot of people freaking out, and they're, and they're pinned in, and they're scared because of the Egyptian army that looks like it's coming after them. But what happens is God does a miracle, and he divides the waters. And as they crossed through the waters, the Egyptians tried to follow them. But when the Israelites made it to the other side, the waters came down and the Egyptian army was drowned in the sea to never be seen of again by Israel. God dealt with an enemy that has been long holding his people in bondage for a long time. And, and I really believe that what's going on right now is a trap by God. And what we're seeing is election fraud on a level that we've never seen it before in my life. Never in, I have never seen elections actually stop counting. Never. 
Some of you guys are older than me. I'm 46. Have you ever seen elections just stop counting? We're just going to stop counting for days, and it stays at 84% for days. Yeah, right. What are you doing? You're doing what the Mexicans do every, every time their votes aren't going the way they want them to. They pause the elections till they can figure out how many votes they need, and then they dump fake ballots in to win. Okay, that's what's going on. There's proof of this, and it's coming out. There's, it, but I don't want to get into all that. I just want to say that God is about, I really believe with all my heart, that God is about to flip the tables, and he's about to expose the fraud that's been going on in our nation for, for years and years and years. And not only will Don, Donald Trump be the president, but these election frauds will be changed, and all of a sudden the laws will be changed, and everyone's going to see the fraud. It's going to go to the courts. That's why Amy Barrett had to be put in office or in the, in the court before all this. It's going to go to the courts. This is going to be seen, and the, the rioters are going to get drowned in the sea. And God is, we're going to see an incredible thing happen where, because if you can't have confidence, both sides can't have confidence in elections, you've lost your country. The moment you don't have confidence, and that's why the law has been that we have always allowed watchers to be at the polls to watch the ballots being counted from both sides so that both of them feel comfortable with what's going on. So when you start barring up windows and kicking out Republican poll watchers and you won't let them in, that stinks of, of fraud. And you can't expect one side to feel good about an election when you can't see what's going on. And then you have, I mean, I could go on down the line from people filling out battle, ballots that work there one after the other and dump, stamping them and dumping them through. I mean, there's been so the, the flips in Michigan where the, they found a county that was uh, six, it was almost 6,000 votes that had voted for Republicans that the, the computer system switched it to Democrats, and that was in one county, and 48 counties used that same software. And, hmm? and 30 states, okay. And just in that state, there was 48 counties that used that software. And so they were automatically just flipping the switch, and all of a sudden the votes went to the other side. And, you know, so there is, we, we, we have to stand for this, against this, and, and not let this go. But here's something that I want to say to us. I want to show us how we fight, but before we fight, this is something that we have to address, okay? This is not easy, and it's not fun, but this is something we need to address, guys. God loves people who are blind. He loves Joe Biden. That's right. He loves the people that we're having to fight against. So it's imperative because what happens is when this goes on, it's really easy to become angry and to really get into bitterness. But you need to guard your hearts from that. I put that on my Facebook almost immediately the next morning because I felt the Lord just so highlighting this that it was so important that we watched our heart and we didn't allow bitterness. We, we cannot look at the other side and have bitterness in our heart towards them. We have to love them. We have to stand against it, but we have to do it in love because we're not just fighting for us. We're fighting for them too, and they just don't know it. A lot of these people will wake up in terror if they got what they were asking for. They don't realize it. Jesus said, forgive them. They know not what they do. And I'm telling you, they know not, most of them. I'm not talking about the leadership, but the people in the party, they know not what they do. They're blind. And you're not going to be mad at a blind man for being, why can't you see? That doesn't make sense. You blind person, 
Why can't you see? I'm angry at you. He's blind. He can't help it. You know, and so we need to pray for them. We need to pray that God will shine his light on their heart and help them. So that's the first thing that we have to guard our hearts against, unforgiveness, bitterness. That is not God's heart. God loves the righteous and the unrighteous. He causes his sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. He sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He loves man. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves the whole world. And he's after them. He wants to reach them. And, that's, and I want us to pray. I want to take most of the time to pray today as a church. But I just want to share a few other things. It was interesting. Actually, Paul, won't you come up? I had the Lord give me a couple of things throughout this process. One of the things he gave me back in July, but it got re-highlighted to me from the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, my memory sometimes, I don't, sometimes I don't even remember things the Lord gives me. That's why I write it down. And I can go back and look at it. <laughs> and so I got something from the Lord back in July, but I totally forgot about it until the Lord gave it to me again. And then I was like, wait a minute. Ah, I think you spoke that to me already. Um, yeah, there it is. But Paul, I'm going to let Paul share what he got. He, he, he texted me the other day. And we're sharing something the Lord gave him that I think is really key, but there's more to it that I'm going to share on the back end. But let, let him share this. Hey, guys. And, um, you know, whenever things kind of don't go necessarily as you think, it's always a good thing to be asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in this right now in this season? And also to listen to the prophets, you know, the people that he speaks through. And um, I think this was Wednesday night. I was just spending time with the Lord, just asking, just praying over this situation, asking the Lord, what is going on? Lord, what are you doing right now? Um, Because right now it doesn't look like how I felt like you you had said it was going to happen, you know. And uh, immediately I get this scripture, 1 Kings chapter 2. And uh, I didn't know what it was, you know, so I turned to it and I began to, uh, to read it. And just a little backstory of, of this, because I'm going to read a little bit of it. Um, so, you know, King David, he was basically on his deathbed. And um, hit one of his sons, Adonijah, kind of takes it upon himself to promote himself as king. Even though Solomon, his younger brother, was called to be king. And um, so I'm reading this and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the parallel of what's going on right now is crazy. And um, so, a little more of the backstory you know, Nathan the prophet and the priest, uh, the, um, Zadok, uh, they go to King David with Bathsheba and they're like, hey, this is going on. King David gives them, hey, anoint uh, my son Solomon, go before the people, anoint him, you know, proclaim him king. Um, because be- previous to that, uh, Adonijah, his brother, had already gone out into, into Israel and was saying, you know, declaring himself king and people were, you know, celebrating this. You know, and then, um, so anyway, I just want to read a little bit here. This is in chapter two, you know, the, the, the area that, you know, the Lord was speaking to me about. Um, 
So this is verse... All right, this is in verse 13. Um, and now Adonijah goes to Bathsheba, you know, Solomon's mom, and is basically like, you know, trying to work some deal out with him, some little. Um, now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, do you come peaceably? He said, peaceably. Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, say it. Now, this is the part that the Holy Spirit really highlighted when I was reading this. Then he said, you know that the kingdom was mine, and all Israel had set their expectations on me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. Now I ask one petition of you, do not deny me. And he goes on and say, and he wanted this... This, this woman to be his wife, right? And, um, and then it goes on, and, you know, Bathsheba goes before Solomon and, you know, asks this request. And if you keep on reading through the chapter 2, King Solomon begins to clean house. Now, he literally, like, has people killed for treason, basically. And, um, you know, anyways, so... I don't think necessarily, I don't know if that's going to go on or whatever, but I mean, uh, and then this thing happened last night. So, you know, so I've asked the Lord, you know, Lord, speak to me. What are you doing during this time and what's going on behind the scenes? Because, you know, our battle's not against flesh and blood. What you're seeing in the media and what you're seeing in the natural isn't really what's going on. There's a battle behind the scenes here. And this kind of goes in line with what Travis was saying. Like, our battle isn't against people that are for Joe Biden or for socialists. Our battle is, is against the demonic forces that are behind this, that are using people as puppets, you know, that are, and have blinded their mind. Um, so anyways, um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, Lord, I heard from you. What are the prophets saying, you know? So I start Googling, you know. About you know what is um, um, you know what are the prophets saying you know I'm asking about uh, oh gosh I can't remember who I was looking oh Bill Johnson I was like what's Bill Johnson saying during this time what's Rick Joyner doing and all this uh, the Morning Star thing came up um, and it was Justin Perry he was just here well, a couple of weeks ago right yeah yeah. Part of the story is um, when just I mean when Paul texted me this when he shared it with me it really resonated with me because here someone had promoted himself to be king that God had not set in the in what like Paul said he had already you know the people had already began to uh, celebrate this but yet and that's what's going on they're celebrating right now because the news media has said that he is one but he hasn't won yet and um, and then he asked me if I had gotten anything. And one of the things that the Lord had shown me, he re-highlighted to me, there's a actually, a, what the Lord had shown me was, is that the, this nation is about to be rebirthed. Yes. There's a rebirth that's happening. And we're going to be restored to our, mooring, our moorings or our foundation. And, but one of the things that he showed me was that Donald Trump would be looked at from generations to come, looking back, we'll see him like George Washington that he would be a, the father of this new era. 
and that uh, I wrote this in, in uh, I'll just read it to you. I wrote this in July. The Lord gave me this. At uh, 16.50 or 4.50 in the afternoon while praying, I began to pray for President Trump, and I saw him as George Washington. I believe the Lord showed me he will be viewed in a similar light, just as George Washington was seen as the father of this new republic, so Trump will be viewed as the father of a new era for this nation. Just as George Washington had to fight a war to lead us into this new this new um, land of freedom, so Trump is having to fight a war to restore our freedom. Also, just as George Washington was known as the man who could not be killed, Trump will be seen as the one who couldn't be taken down. Every attempt to stop him will fail, and hindsight and foresight, for those who have eyes to see, will show God's hand of protection over him. He is fighting a revolutionary war of sorts to save this republic. I also saw a watch, and then I saw Trump watching his watch, and he was checking the time. And I was asking God to grant him the grace to know divine timing, and that was what I had written. Um, when I kind of sent him a picture of this and just told him what the Lord had been giving me and that um, I had also, well, anyway, I saw this and then I shared it with him. He shared with me what he got and then he sent me something last night and I'll let you tell it. Okay. Yeah, so last night, you know, I'm looking, searching on uh, Google, see what the prophets are saying and uh, searching the main morning star, Rick Joyner, what he was saying. And up came this video with Justin Perry, who was the, the lead pastor at the main Morning Star, and he was talking to another individual who uh, has, I guess, walks in the prophetic. I can't remember the guy's name, honestly. Chris Reed. Chris Reed. Okay, yeah. And so, um, so, and I'm just watching this thing. The first thing out of Justin's mouth is uh, First Kings, about you know chapter two, basically chapter one and two. He starts talking about. Um, how this is what's going on right now. And I was like, come on. I was like, come on now. I, I just turned to Heather. And I was like, because I told Heather about it. I was like, this is God. This is what is going on right now. I mean, it was, you know. I got that too. Did you? Yeah. I shared it with my son yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So. Yeah. So then, uh, so Justin shared that. Then uh, Chris Reed starts sharing immediately after that about George Wash about Trump being like George Washington. <laughs> I was like, I texted uh, Travis. Me, I'm like, Travis, you got to look at this. This is just this is only God. I mean, give me a break, you know, because uh, it was literally our text message two days before, you know. Um, so. God is doing something behind the scenes. Don't believe what you're watching right now. You guys got to like, like turn on the spiritual eyes right here. Open the eyes of my heart, basically, you know, flood it with light. Lord, show us what's going on right now in the spirit. Because God wants to do something for our country. I mean, you guys have watched over the past couple months, over the past year, all these gatherings that, that the body has been having, like repenting of our sin, turning to God. I mean, you know, the promise is that he would come and heal our land. And, and we're going we're to see that take place. But we cannot give up. I guarantee if you continue to watch the liberal media, if you watch really any mainstream media, it's going to war against your faith. It just will. You're actually feeding your doubt and unbelief. We need to be feeding what the word of the Lord said, what God has told his people, and we need to fight. We can't, this isn't the time to be laying down. 
Be like, oh, I guess now we got four years of... No, no, this is the time to be fighting because this thing is not even close to being over. It's just start, It's honestly just kind of starting. And uh, literally Monday is when they're going to start, you know, the proceedings and, you know, they're, they're putting in uh, um, lawsuits and everything against all these things. But Yeah, yeah this is a repeat of 2000. Um, and except for more is at stake, honestly. Well, there's a lot more at stake. One of the other things, I had um, Haley, y'all know Haley, uh, she, she goes here, some, uh, but she texted me, and, or she called me, I think she called me, but she was sharing some things that she was getting. One of the things she was getting was the scripture about the ten virgins, in uh, Matthew, I think it's 25, you know the story of the ten virgins? Yeah. Everybody know the story? Okay. No? Okay. Well, in the story... The Lord gives a parable about ten virgins, and they were waiting for the bridegroom. And in the parable, five of them had took taken uh, what do you call them? Trasks or ta- what do they call them? They were you know oil flasks. Flask, sorry, <laughs> flask of oil, and five did not. And it got late, and while the uh, bridegroom tarried, everyone fell asleep. But when all of a sudden the announcement came, the bridegroom's here, the ten virgins got up and they trimmed their lamps, but the five didn't have oil. And they started asking the five that were wise and carried oil with them to give them some of their oil. And they said, I can't, I can't uh, do that because I won't have enough for you and me. You need to go buy your own oil. And then you can, you know, to, and so they left to go buy oil. But when they came back, it was too late. The door was shut and they weren't allowed in. So only the five that were actually ready were able to enter in. And so she shared this with, with me, that, uh, some, some insight about this. And then my dad called me the next day, and he had two words during the middle of the night. He said he'd gotten the word, a, a Greek word that meant hearing, and it's only mentioned one time in the Scripture, and it has to do with a court hearing. And then the other thing he got was the Scripture about the ten virgins. He'd gotten woken up from the Lord with this thing. And I thought, okay, that's interesting because two, two witnesses you know, are sharing this. And this is, and I started feeling like the Lord's saying this, and this is what's making me excited to hear you guys say, oh, I was getting this, I was getting this. The days of living off your pastor's oil are over. They're over. If we're trying, see, the, there's people right now that have been listening to the prophets, and I, and I believe in that, we should do that. But if you're not getting your own word from the Lord, when the testing comes, you're not going to have enough faith in another man's word in order to stand firm. You're not. You got to have your own word because when it becomes your own word, then you can fight with it. But you can't fight with another man's word. And so it's imperative that all of us are not being lazy spiritually and are not digging our well, getting our time in with the Lord. You need to spend time with God every day. You need to get in His word. You need to pray. You need to seek His face. You know, if you do that, if you seek him, you will find him and he will be giving you revelation and insight and words and understanding like you guys are getting. And so we're just confirming stuff that you were getting, which is what that's meant to do. All believers should be digging their own well and getting their own revelation. And if you're doing that, then you're, you're basically the five virgins that had provided oil for their lamps. You cannot live off someone else's oil. So you won't be ready and you'll be shut out. So what's happening right now is there's a group of believers that have gotten their own words from God and they're not shaking right now. 
They're standing firm. They're doing battle, which is what First Timothy one eight is it one eight? Uh, no, it ain't. Um, maybe it's Second Timothy one eight. Where does it sit? Talks about Timothy fighting with. I think it's maybe Second Timothy one eight. It's the one where he tells Timothy to fight with the prophecies given. Um, thought it was First Timothy one eight, but I must have. Maybe it was two eight. One eighteen. Oh. Okay, I was close. First Timothy one eighteen. It says, Let me This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previous made concerning you, that by them you you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. See, if you don't have your own word from the Lord and you're living off someone else's oil and the testing comes. You won't be able to fight that fight that he's talking about here. You will develop shipwreck. And that's what happened. There's a lot of Christians developing shipwreck because they have been listening to other people without getting their own word from the Lord. Now, let me tell you how this happened to me. In 2016, I did not like Donald Trump very much. I, I liked that he wasn't politically correct, but he offended, my, he offended me a little bit. Not, not offense, but... I was like, ah, eh, that guy's too arrogant. I just, uh, this, you know. But in my, in my defense, I knew that I don't see it all. I don't know it all. I don't have God's heart unless I get it from him. You know, I don't automatically walk around knowing God's thoughts. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and his ways are higher than my ways. I would have never picked Saul of Tarsus to be the next apostle of the church. You know, it just, God knows things that we don't know. And so I thought, Lord, just I'm seeking you. What is your heart? Who am I to vote for? And I've told this story, but I just want, I feel like it's important now. 2016, after lots of time of fasting and praying and seeking God for who I was supposed to vote for, I got woken up in the middle of the night on February the 21st at 321 in the morning. Now, if you see the number 21, that for me anyway, that speaks of prayer, intercession. And it gets me, it got me up. And I got up, grabbed my Bible, went downstairs, began to pray. And as I began to pray, the Lord speaks to me. He says, and he reminds me of a prophecy that Kim Clement gave in 2007 that I honestly thought he missed. He tarted, and I didn't even remember the prophecy that well. I just remember having to do with something about a president turning to the Lord. And I thought, man, he missed that one. And, uh, and I really did. I thought he missed it. And the Lord speaks to me, and he says, what if that wasn't for then but for now? And when I was considering this and thinking about this, I was like, wow, that's Wow. Lord, that's, that's a thought. And then somebody in the middle of the night texts me the full prophecy. You can't make that up. I, I mean, this is 2016. I, hadn't, I barely heard about this prophecy. I thought he missed it back in 2007. I kept watching through 2012. And I'm like, no, nah, you know, I never saw anything materialize. Then in 2016, the Lord speaks this to me in the middle of the night. And then somebody out of the blue texts me in the middle of the night, the very prophecy right after the Lord speaks this to me. Only God. But listen to the prophecy, because with it, we can wage war. This became where it was no longer Kim Clement's prophecy. It was now my prophecy, because it became concrete, because I got it from God. All right, Kim Clement prophecy, February 2007, Scottsdale, Arizona. God's Spirit says, and listen, listen. Have an ear to hear. It's not about what you think. It's about what God says. If he says something, align with what he says. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a response from my people throughout this land. 
Can someone see victory? Can someone see honor? For God says, let me remind you, I will place at your helm a president that shall pray to me, says the Lord. He will pray to me. And God says, in the next two terms, there will be a praying president, not a religious one, for I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. That's the way we talk about somebody being angry. For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way, and the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms a a president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office, and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. Anyone with... Um, what's the word? Um, eyes to see. Anyone with real, what's the word when you're not being, sorry, my mind's going blank. You know, when you're in a situation and you're not being prejudiced one way or the other, but you're being objective, you know, to a situation, unbiased, objective. Anyone with objective eyes can see that this man was not a praying president but I have never seen someone pray like the way he prays now. Yeah, he's praying. He has more prayer going on in the White House. They have prayer meetings every day, Bible studies every day. This man is a praying president. And this, this passage clearly came true. The economy recovered almost instantly when he became president. It just started going up, 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 until the China virus. The economy was going great. And, um, and then so all that was going on, this clearly was a clear word from the Lord. I couldn't have made all that stuff up. So if this is the word of the Lord, then the, if the most of it's come true, then all of it's going to come true. For two terms, you will have at your helm a praying president. So with this word, I'm going to go over here to 118. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffer shipwreck in regard to their faith. We have to fight with these prophecies, these words. We have to know what the Lord's saying and we have to stand on it. What that means is when you see things happening that look like the opposite, you don't despair, you believe. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, there is a standing that we need to do right now in this time that we're in. And um, I want to, one more thing, then I want to pray. And then, you know, Paul has something already. But I just wanted, the last thing I want us to, to look at is Luke 18. If you got your Bible, turn over there. Because I feel like this is imperative for what we're talking about and what we're going into. Verse 1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Man, is that a word for today? Pray and not lose heart. Both are imperative. If you lose heart while you pray, you start praying in doubt and fear. And the Bible says, all things you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be granted to you. Faith and prayer work together. You can't have one without the other. We got to pray in faith. James makes it very clear. If you ask in doubt, you shouldn't expect to receive. It's double-mindedness. We have to stand in faith. So, 
saying, so he was telling them a parable showing that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, otherwise by continually coming she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Is he going to find faith in us that we're standing on his word? You know, it looked like Satan won when Jesus hung on a cross dead. But three days later, things turned around. You know, it looked like the, the Israelites had lost when they were trapped in by the Red Sea. It looked like it. It looked like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were done for it, heading into a furnace. They're about to die. But then what happened? The Lord showed up. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. It looked like it was over for him. But God, but God, if we're going to live for this God that we have right here, we're going to have to be comfortable realizing that we're at, we get put to the test, and it's okay because God will come through. Faith is not seeing with your eyes. It's not walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so when God speaks something, we stand on it, whether it looks like it's true or it's not. It's what I do for my health. It's what I have to do for my finances. It's what I have to do for my family. It's what I have to do in life because this is the call of believers is to walk by faith. And when we see things that don't look true, cast it aside. Get your eyes off of that. Stop looking at the wind and the waves. Keep your eyes on Jesus who said, come and walk on the water. God is going to turn this around. He's going to turn it around for all the babies that have been aborted in this country. He's going to turn it around for all the sex trafficking that's being disrupted right now and being broke through. He's going to, he's going to do it for the, his people who, who, who have religious freedom to spread the gospel to the rest of the world. He's going to do it for his church. He's going to do it. He is a God of justice. Justice and righteousness are the foundations of his throne. It's his foundation of his throne. He sees the corruption in this land, and he wants to bring justice to his children who cry to him day to night. They don't give up. They're standing in faith. Amen? Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Pray, pray, pray in faith, expecting to see what you pray for. Don't pray like, oh, Lord, we've lost it. What are we going to do? Please help, Lord. No, cut that out. Stop praying and go. You need to go pray in tongues is what you need to do. Just shut the mind down. Turn off the news media and just start praying in tongues. I'm telling you, that's what I did after the election. I prayed in tongues for like over an hour, and when I got done, I was like, oh. Oh my gosh, I can see again. I could see again. All right, so y'all ready? We're going to do it right now. (laughs) Hey man, I I woke up that morning too, and before I left the house, I said, you know what? I ain't leaving the house before I I worship. And I grabbed my guitar and I worshiped. Just worshiped. Hey, I just. as far as a word from the Lord, weeks ago, the Lord gave me uh, Proverbs. As we get into prayer, I feel like this is something, as, as you hear this, it'll maybe guide your prayer. 
In, he, in uh, Proverbs 11, it says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And the Lord just gave me that scripture to really begin to intercede over our, our voting system because I do believe there are some unjust weights, and it is an abomination. So I've been praying for any, anywhere that there is an unjust weight, an unjust balance or whatever, like we're seeing all this fraudulent stuff. So uh, just be encouraged by that. Like, take that, and the Lord delights in a scale that's balanced. And then Scripture, we all know, this goes along with what Joel was just saying. It's kind of what brought me into worship today was Hebrews 12, 27, 28. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of all things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 28. 28, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And then here's your part, Joel. And thus offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And I believe, I'm, I'm not a big prophetic hearer as much as I think I'd like to be, but I do believe that on December 28th, there's going to be a significant thing that we see, something significant that takes place where the kingdom of God collides with the shakeable world, and we'll see something significant. So, But I have it on my calendar see what happens. We got five like billion hands. It's twelve thirty. If I let all of y'all share, it's gonna we're gonna be here till one o'clock. Y'all want to be here till two o'clock? <laughs> y'all tell me. I have to admit, I was really getting sad, discouraged, and depressed. But I woke up this morning, and I read these words, and I felt like the Lord quickened them. And maybe you're kind of like me. You sad, discouraged, and depressed. And the Lord said these words from Deuteronomy 8.2. This was in remembrance that for 40 years all of God's people had been wandering in the wilderness. And there was a generation then, a youth generation, that was going to go into the promised land. When he says these words, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And the Lord said to me, I've been with you and I've been with my people all these years. They are to remember how I have provided, protected, and led them every step of the way. And I'm going, that's right, Lord. You're faithful. That's what you are. You're a faithful God. You've never failed. You never stop. And we are to trust you with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So this really happened. I come to church this morning, and I'm back there drinking my coffee, and I'm talking in my head to the Lord. And I'm crying out. I'm saying, God, you've got to get that pastor. He's got to talk to us. He's got to encourage us. And then while that was happening, all of a sudden, God downloaded this song right into my heart. I couldn't believe it. I was drinking coffee and he downloaded the song. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. And then they got up here and the first song was On Christ. And I'm going, wow, talk about confirmation. You are really doing a number here. And, you know, the Lord began to speak to me and he said, 
What are the keys, Daniel? What keys do you have that I've given my people in the kingdom of God? I go, oh, keys. Keys to bind. Keys to loose. He said, come on now, use the keys. Use the keys, Daniel. Bind and loose. We don't fight against men, but you have the power and the authority in my name. All authority's been given to me, and guess who I gave it to? You. You and you. You have those. And then I thought, how do we use that key, Lord? And he goes... Come on. You bind. And he even reminded me in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, I can't remember the exact verse, I think it was chapter 26, the prophet was told to clap his hands. And as he clapped his hands and he made a shout to the Lord, he said in a few verses later, and God is up in heaven and he's clapping his hands too against the enemy. God will rise up and scatter the enemy. We are to wage warfare. We are to clap our hands. We are to shout. The early church shouted in chapter four and they got a revival And the whole place shook as the power of God came upon the early church, giving them boldness to proclaim the word of the Lord. And they saw signs and wonders. So will we. Time is up. This time of wilderness wandering is up. It's going to be changing very, very quickly now. And God wants us to stand firm. And on Christ, the solid rock, we must stand. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and I just want to remind you guys, like, what we've all been saying this morning, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against our neighbors who aren't necessarily agree with us. We need to love them, but have an understanding of what's really going on in the spirit. Um, So just just temper your heart, you know, like uh, that Travis was saying earlier about guarding your heart from allowing the enemy to try to get you to to fight against men, against people, okay? Um, and I think we really need to pray here, and I, I want to... Deborah, you want to share? Yeah, come on up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so, and just real quick, I feel like the Lord gave us a strategy to pray through the first Kings chapter two. Now the new covenant major difference between the the old and the new covenant here is there was one tribe that were the priests, right? The Levites, the new covenant were all priests. And what was the priest's Number one job was to intercede on behalf of man. And that's what I feel like in the, the picture of like, uh, the priest Zadok went in to the king's bedchamber, basically, before the throne of grace, in a sense, with the prophet Nathan, with the prophetic word, and he made and he began to intercede on behalf of the people. And I feel like that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing here. What exactly what Travis was saying, we need to take the prophetic word that we have been given, and we need to intercede on behalf of our nation. We need to fight in the spirit in this way, I feel like that's the strategy God's calling us to, to war with. Okay, so. Guys, there ain't much more important than what's going on right now. So if y'all, y'all got a second, let's, let's give ourselves to some prayer. I mean, we, I, 